What do you got today, Steve? Or we're joined by Christy. And so topics are open. Christy, you're it's welcome to the name of your podcast is welcome to my is it my messy life? Oh, it's um my messy beautiful life. That's what it is. I thought beautiful was in there somewhere. Yep. Yep. So that's that's the name of the podcast. That's crazy. <laughs> and it's all a look into your brain, right? Is that the premise behind it? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, a little bit. It's basically I my life is so crazy. I always have crazy stuff going on. And so everybody kept hearing my stories and they said, you need a podcast. You need a podcast. You need a podcast. So I said, OK, so I started a podcast and then it's just kind of morphed. So every whatever happens to be in my head, I talk about and I try to be really vulnerable and share what's going on. And then, yeah, literally it, each episode's different because it's whatever happens to be either happening in my life or something that's impacted me. Yeah, I always feel like you have this eclectic experience for your life. And I always kind of learn things um, fairly regularly from you when we get to chat. The last big one was the au pair. I had no idea that was like a thing. And I know you were super passionate about that for a while too. Yeah, I have to do a program yet. I was actually waiting for my, I had a credit card dispute with the company and it's really crooked. It's a really crooked company. So I wanted to make sure I won that before I went and did a podcast and kind of showcase the world. And I just got my refund, which is a huge win because there's a lot of families who aren't getting really taken advantage of. And so they are pretty unethical and they basically say, we will give you a portion of your money back, but you have to sign a non-disclosure. So you can't share your story. And I did not sign that. And there's several families that have not. So I am waiting and I'm going to be pulling them in and doing a crazy podcast on some of the stories because there's a lot of really crazy stories. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's terrible that everybody had to go through that. But that's uh, a class action podcast. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Yep. That or a dateline. I'm, I'm not kidding because there are crazy stories of like, uh, it. It's like there's people that are coming here and then they are leaving the program and they are staying in the United States and not getting kicked out. So they're becoming illegal aliens. And then you also have them doing crazy things like, I don't know, one lady, her dog got killed. There's somebody whose cabin got burned down. There's somebody else whose Tupperware got urinated in. I mean, like the stories are insane. They're insane. Wow. And then they, they rematch <laughs> those people. They put those people into new families. So they, they put out uh, documentation that they're good people and then up for another family takes them in. And then they're like, what happened? So yeah, it's really bad. Wow. Sounds, that sounds like uh, I need to check out your podcast. <laughs> There's always something. There's always something. The last one was on bad real estate transactions because I had crazy stories about that too. So we lost $22,000 on our house that we didn't sell last time we were going to sell it. Wow. Because the people tried to sue us for not melting snow and defrosting the ground and moving a fence in the middle of January. Yeah, that's a quite a bit of work. Yeah, right? Right? Uh, I, usually don't, I usually don't melt my snow until at least the first week of February. <laughs> right? <laughs> I try not to do it. I outsource that. It usually starts melting around April. 
Right, exactly. Well, I had this guy I used to know, actually I still know him, but he had a next door neighbor who every time it snowed, she would snow blow her yard. So he would post pictures of his neighbor snow blowing her yard and she did it all winter long. It didn't, and so it was just like this crazy thing. Her lawn was really green pretty early, but she also snow blown her entire lawn all winter long. You know, you'd get those, you know, oh, it just snowed a foot and a half and she's out there plowing her backyard. So it was pretty funny. We wouldn't, I wouldn't do the whole yard, but when we lived in, we lived in a like city and the houses were very close together, built in the fifties. Um, and so the mailman would walk across the yards rather than walking down. And so I would snowblow a, a trail like uh, through the yard, that they could, especially when it got to be like two feet of snow, right? It's rather than, than trudging through it, um, just walk on grass or a very thin layer of snow, so. I do snowblow, we have a small deck, and I do snowblow that, mostly because sometimes I pull the snow off the roof, and then oh, I snowblow yeah. it into the yard, <laughs> and I don't know, for those who have never done that, um, what happens when you pull it off the roof is now it's compacted snow, so it's very, very heavy and difficult to move with a shovel, if it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And you don't really want to have all that piled up on your deck for too long, because it is really heavy, and it can yeah. deteriorate your deck, so it's kind of like, there's all these unwritten rules about uh, winter so for anybody who is moving to a cold weather location uh, interestingly there's also a book that i have <laughs> that's about living in a snow place and how to handle it because i'd gotten it for my au pair to prepare since she had originally been from brazil and all the things you need to do to be ready for winter including like today i got my sprinklers blown out yeah i feel like i have a phd in clearing snow I have to, our driveway is like insane. So our house sits below the street. And so I have to, I snowblow it with a snowblower. Then I have to go over it with a shovel. So it's completely clear. Cause it's the only way to get out of the house as well. Just the way that the landscaping is set up. So it has to be completely clear. So nobody falls down. Mm. I did one time. I used to have this, like a push salter, uh, like a, uh, like a fertilizer? <laughs> yeah, what do they call them? Uh, it starts with an S, and I can't think Spreader. of it. Oh, yeah. Spreader. Spreader. There's another one. Um, I'll think of it in a minute, maybe. Anyway, so I had one for salt, specifically. Like, it was this really nice, heavy-duty one. Um, and it was one year when it had, like, rained overnight, so it was icy. Oh, But it yep. was, like, that stupid ice where it's kind of sticky for, like, five seconds, and then... You, so I'm like going up and down with the salt and I slipped on the driveway and up me and the thing went and it landed and it broke. That's how oh. hard it hit the driveway. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, it it's dangerous. Yeah. It really is sometimes because it's so slicky. People fall down and they hurt their heads or they have heart attacks shoveling. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Yep. That's what I, I like to make jokes about the heart attack snow. It's that really heavy... <laughs> wet snow that's when yep. people that's when they have heart attacks because they're not properly trained <laughs> true it's true one of the best things that i've ever bought and so i have siberian huskies i've got three so there's no rest for the weary so you have to walk them year round doesn't matter if it's cold i used to have a rule i wouldn't walk them if it was below zero but then since it's like a month of below zero i had to say forget it and so bundle up go for a walk and I would sometimes slip and fall and hurt myself because you can't see the ice underneath the snow. And I ended up picking up a pair of boots. They are the coolest thing that I actually am such a nerd. I had to buy two pairs because they're so awesome. 
and they have metal spikes in the bottom so you can change out the sole so you can do it with metal spikes or without it is amazing because i grip the ice then and so i watch my dog slip and i'm like haha <laughs> <laughs> did you so. grow up here or did you are you transplant no i've lived i've lived in minnesota ever since I was one. So I, yeah, I have no excuse to complain about anything because I chose to live here. Oh, I was just gonna, you're talking about the ice and I'm like, yeah, we have this thing. I think a lot of Northern places do walkable ice. Like you look at ice and you're like, yeah, I can totally walk across that. No problem. Like normal walk too, not like the ice shuffle. But there's a difference <laughs> between walkable ice and non-walkable ice. <laughs> the penguin walk. Yeah, well, if that's the problem is if it gets warm and it gets that wet on it and it's just complete slip, and sometimes that stuff just hides. Well, especially yeah. when you're walking huskies because you're walking them so fast because they, they're bred to pull sleds. Yeah, my dog wants nothing to do with the cold. <laughs> what kind do you have? I have a boxer. Oh, so so my good. dog will be like, hey, I think I want to go outside. So I go and I open the door and she sticks her nose down. She's like, man, it's cold out there. I can hold it. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not going out. Oh it's my goodness. Funny. Does, now, is it a boy dog or a girl dog? It's a girl. And does she wear sweatshirts or anything? Does she appreciate that? No, she's not a big sweatshirt fan. She'll okay. tolerate it, but not a fan. Okay. Yeah, because some dogs like those things because that helps them with that cold weather. Yep. Are we getting close for you to pull the swan out of the lake? Oh, uh, it, it would be. However, they they uh, emailed me just last weekend and informed me that a neighbor paddled out there in a in an air mattress what? and retrieved them. They are the ones that um, uh, at my where my mom used to live, she moved away, but the neighbors still put these fake swans out in the pond because they keep the geese away. Swans and geese are like mortal enemies. Oh, that's hilarious. Why so do they spring, not like Oh, sorry. So in the spring, I go out there in my kayak and drop them off in the middle of the pond and they have this <laughs> little weight that holds them and then they just sort of drift around a little bit. And in the fall, I retrieved them, but I didn't have to do it this year. That's hilarious. So why, what's wrong with geese? Uh, the pond where they are just gets hundreds of them to the oh. point where everyone's yard is is littered with goose poop. Oh, so they yeah. try to limit the number of geese. Nice. Okay. So it's sort of like Rochester, Minnesota, where they have all those geese. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know, they have a ton of geese down there. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, there are, there are some people who are like big goose lovers. Oh, we, you know, we should just let them be. Well, the problem is, is because all the humans have moved in, the predators moved out. So there's nothing oh. to keep the geese in check. However, Except fun fact, I had a fox walk right through my yard yesterday. And my dog was out there just looking at it like, oh, a fox. Meh. Didn't care. That's hilarious. Speaking of predators. Do you ever hear uh, coyotes, Steve? Every once in a while. Yep. Yeah, we have, we live by marshlands and yeah, every now and again, like it's actually, cause there's, there's like a bunch of them. I don't know, but 
it's a bit spooky um, if you go out and it's really dark and you can hear them because I, I used to go out there and I'm like, man, who brought that? Like, who got dogs all of a sudden? Yeah, those are not dogs. Hundred <laughs> percent not dogs. Yeah. There's not a lot of wildlife in Minnesota though that's like very scary because I have a book on mammals and I mean because the moose moose are aggressive but the moose population is dying off and that's way up in the boundary waters. And then there's the wolf population, which has increased, but they're, they get a worse rap than they actually are. And then there are cougars, but they're very rare. So there's just, there's not a lot that's super dangerous, at least to humans. No, yes. And no. a few rattlesnakes down in Southeastern Minnesota. Oh yeah, that's right. There are a few of those too. Forgot about those. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. They're, they're not, yeah. There's not a lot of poisonous stuff though. Cause we kill everything with our winners, which is great. Yes. I'm not looking forward to having to move farther north to get that benefit as things warm up. I'm a little bummed about that. Hey, you could be my neighbor. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're moving north. <laughs> so, yeah, we should have more animals, too. I never even thought about that. So huskies have a super high prey drive and they kill things. So if a fox would come in my yard, I'm pretty sure my dogs would be like, sweet, bring it on. Because uh, they like to kill. They, seriously, my first husky had a resume of death. And so he had killed birds. He jumped in a bush one time walking him and came out with a rabbit. That scared me half to death. Uh, he almost killed a turtle. He he dug up and killed many moles and voles. Uh, he uh, killed a cat on Christmas Eve. That was special. So um, at my in-laws. That was really was great. It, like, did you have to have that conversation with everybody? Oh, that was, it was horrible. So, um, it was because they live on a farm and I had told everybody, you never let a husky off leash, never let them off leash. They do not listen. They run away. They have a high prey drive, but does anybody listen to me? No. So we got to the farm Christmas Eve. They opened the back. They let the husky out. He took off. He got a farm cat and immediately started killing it. So my husband's throwing snowballs in which he lost his wedding ring in a snowbank. My mother-in-law's sobbing and weeping and gnashing of teeth and they're screaming and yelling and they finally separate them and then they had to shoot the cat because it was in so much misery. And that was the start of Christmas. Oh, that that's amazing. So I love that like it wasn't enough that the husky attacked it, but then they had to shoot the cat like they. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. That's, That's awesome. A, you know, so I I like the Tickety Talk app and I've listened to all these stories that people tell and lately I'm just kind of like I think these are all fake. Like I just and do I care if they're all fake? No, I'm still entertained. So like they could be real, they could be fake, I don't know. <laughs> it's still good stories. <laughs> But it's like, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think, I don't, at least to me, like you wouldn't have that story where like a husky was killing a cat and then be like, what would make it even crazier is if a person had to shoot it afterwards. On Christmas. Like, like you wouldn't even make that up. <laughs> right? Well, here's the crazy part too, is like my husband lost his wedding ring in a snowbank and it was platinum. So it dropped all the way to the bottom. And we figured it was gone for good. His mom walked outside the house. It was like out by the barns and she looked down and found it in the spring. Just like happened to see it. Wow. So he still has his original wedding ring, but nice. it's just like crazy. Cause it's like, what? She actually found the ring. Yeah. But 
Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I started the podcast because this is like normal, right? Like all these just crazy, stupid stuff that happens to me. <laughs> you I had uh, no, you talked ahead. about your dog having a high prey instinct. Mm -hmm. The previous two boxers that I had also had high prey instinct, and if they saw something, there was nothing I could do to stop them from whatever they were chasing deer uh, mm -hmm. cats what rabbits but the one i've got now like almost a non-existent prey drive honey yep there will be a rabbit that she'll kick up and the rabbit will run across the street and she will stop at the edge of our yard and just watch it wow oh, that's interesting. amazing yeah that's amazing is that normal for boxers that they have a high prey drive they would normally be totally after that rabbit. Okay. This one, this it's just this one. This boxer is just awesome. Doesn't doesn't run. Doesn't get into trouble. If there's another dog that wants to rumble, she's like, "I'm out." Don't want anything to do with it. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. So they what are they bred for? Uh to uh track down and hold at bay bears and boars oh funny okay that's super interesting because you know a lot of dogs they have uh they've been bred for something and that impacts their personality or how they react so that's super fascinating mm -hmm. yeah i should have gotten a bichon that's what my friend has they were bred to entertain kings which ones are those ones they're little white puffy ones. Um, if she's listening to this someday, uh, I'm sorry if I offend you, but <laughs> they're small white dogs and how they groom them for show dogs, they almost have like a giant white head. But yeah. I, but if you shave them and don't keep a giant white head, they're actually pretty cute and they are just little white puff balls. Do they have, is there the tail? Does the tail shoot up and like curl around? Mm, I don't remember if it curls around. They're just, they're probably like, maybe 20 pounds they're little white puffy dogs and they're really happy so some small dogs are kind of can be ornery and this breed is kind of just really happy they're just really happy and she's always said that it's kind of funny you could sometimes fall into a breed and then you just kind of stay with them it seems like because we just fell into huskies and now we've had four so it just i don't know maybe you just come to know them or love them i'm not sure but we just keep getting them. I, I think I'll have to I'll have to phase out eventually though, because I won't have the energy to to deal with their antics for my whole life. I like the like the husky videos because everybody says huskies are like moody teenagers. Like that's just like the vibe they give <laughs> off, and it's hilarious because they're very vocal in like a very different way than a lot of other dogs. And so you've always got these like somebody's like, "What are you doing?" And the dog's Rah! like. Oh, just yeah, mouthing totally. off exactly like a teenager would not making any like no words just noises whiny like yep. yeah oh, totally. i love it <laughs> yeah they are they are and then they're like we went to a dog trainer with the second well my second alive dog <laughs> abby and the lady just looks at me there's all these people and she says so have you had a husky before i said yeah she's like okay and the rest of them are like why and she yeah. said well that's kind of like a cat like other dogs you might say sit and they're like oh yeah i'll do it whatever you like and the husky's like, yeah, why? And so they, they'll challenge you on every command and everything that they do. And they are not obedient. And uh, you're right, they have a lot to say. So the, one of mine will sit outside and then they'll start howling and they're like sirens. They'll start going off all together. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, 
And they'll tell you, they'll be mad and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're totally right. They're sassy. Yeah, it's just I just saw a video of some lady that was like she wanted to get a dog and she asked I think it was a Great Dane first and they're like, Have you ever had a Great Dane? And she's like, No, they're like, then no. And then Husky was the next one. They're like, Have you ever had Huskies? And she's like, No. She's like, Then no. <laughs> like you have to have experience with these dogs or like you gotta have time, like, yeah. Great but Dana. how does one get experience and how are you allowed to have one if you've never had one? Right. Like there's gotta be is there like a gateway dog to, to the she, she tried a number of different places and I can't remember if she actually got a husky or if she landed on something else, but she was basically like, she's like, I'm just looking for a dog that will run with me. Like I run like, and I want to make sure that they can do the running and that they can run for as long as I can. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, then a husky perfect for her. I mean, yeah. that would be perfect. Cause yeah. But yeah, nobody would give it to her. She, I think she, she found a place that gave her a dog. I can't remember if it was a husky or not, but. She kept going to different places. You know, but people are strange about it. I'm really picky about who they give huskies to because so many end up in shelters. I mean, they're always in shelters because they run away or people don't understand what they're getting into. And then the husky eats their sofa and then they give it away. And I mean, like, seriously. And so that's part of the problem because they have to have that stimulation and, and that release of energy. And they're so smart, which is super frustrating. It's like my Abby she was not even very old she put her paws on the counter opened a pizza box took a slice out and shut it and then we caught her and we're like what the hell sorry um and then uh yeah she can open the door and let herself in from the backyard we're like why why are you so smart and so that's the that's the struggle is they're just highly intelligent you have to keep them going but i had wanted to get a secondary husky after my first so i did a what's called backyard breeder so a good breeder is someone who will breed for the characteristics of the breed health standards um all those things and people think that if you go through reputable breeder that you're going to pay more for the animal which is not the truth um i've actually they're more concerned about having good quality dogs and getting them in good homes and you know a good breeder because they'll always take the dog back if something happens they always want to they want responsibility i gave you know i brought this dog into the world Therefore, I will take responsibility. Now, that being said, my first dog, I didn't know what I was doing. So I just found my champ on a farm and was given a dog. Nobody would have ever given me a husky. Nobody would have. <laughs> no, wouldn't have. I lived in a townhome. I didn't even have a yard. I mean, like, and he actually had some health issues because he didn't have a yard. And then I tried to get a second husky, but nobody would let me, like, adopt a husky. Nobody would let me have a husky, even though I already had one. And that was really frustrating. So I could see how that person would be frustrated. But then I got a single family home and then everybody's like, okay, we'll give you a dog. Yeah. No, but it's so, hard. So walk me through the decision process on how you go from no huskies, no dogs to one husky, <laughs> to, from then from one husky to two and then from two to three. Walk me, walk us through that. Yeah. It's like tattoos. No, she's kidding. <laughs> no, um, I love dogs. So I love, love dogs. And my parents were the worst dog owners ever. And so they had seven children. My dad had three, got divorced, and then had seven kids. So he had a lot. And they were terrible pet owners. So they would get a dog when I was little. And then within a year, they'd get rid of it. And I would be brokenhearted. And then a while later, they'd do it again. And so I, I think I went through about four or five, five dogs, five dogs growing up. And my heart was broken five times. And so when I met my husband, I said, I want a dog. 
And at the time, my roommate had a Husky. And then I got married. And then my husband decided in his brain that the only breed he could have was a Siberian Husky. Because that's what he wasn't allergic to, which is crazy, by the way. And if he listens to this, it's crazy. Because that would not be your hypoallergenic dog. But I didn't care. I just wanted a dog. And then I read about them and I thought, this is a terrible idea. This is a terrible idea. But I wanted a dog. So I looked this dog up in the newspaper and then I just went and picked him up and brought him home. So fast forward a few weeks and my husband's like, you have brought home Satan. Like, we cannot keep Satan. Like, why? This dog, something is wrong. And I'm like, no, it's the breed. You didn't read about it. This is this is what you signed up for. And he's like, dog goes or me. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> so they both stayed. And we had this crazy dog and I always wanted a second one because I, because he was so challenging, I joined the Husky Club of the Twin Cities for support, which is actually how I ended up at my current employer because of somebody in that club. But I joined that club, got the support, and then I learned that having two Huskies is better than one because then they play together and they release their energy on each other. So I tried to convince my husband who said, you're nuts and said, I could not have a second Husky. Okay. Fast forward like 20 years and there's a pandemic. And I have a friend who's a breeder and she has a litter of puppies. And so I brought the family over to see the puppies and all of them were spoken for but one. And this puppy chose our family. She followed us everywhere and fell in love with us. And then my husband is a negotiator for a living. And so he saw a convertible, I kid you not, in the garage. And he's like, that's the car I've always wanted. And so she says, it's for sale. And he says, oh, great. I'll take the dog in the car for this price. And she said, okay. And so we ended up with this dog. And then I told him he had to go get the convertible <laughs> checked out. And then he didn't want to take it because of the expense. But he, don't worry, he found another convertible in which he purchased. So we got a convertible and a puppy. So that's how we got two. And then the my very first one was getting old. And this winter, he was screaming and crying in pain. And I thought we were going to have to put him down. And I ended up taking him to the dog chiropractor, which by the way, is way cheaper than your vet. And he turned around like that, pretty fantastic. But I didn't know that. And so I had been kind of just keeping my eyes open on dogs. And this dog, uh, the breeder that I knew, found, knew this breeder in Louisiana of all places. So she sent me this dog, who's not my dog. But anyways, and I get this picture and my five-year-old sees it on the screen. He says, oh, mommy, that dog's so cute. What's its name? And I said, he doesn't have a name. He goes, oh, it's Archeo. And I thought, well, that's weird. So I look up the word and it's a Greek word that means like contented and all this stuff. And the personality of this dog was supposed to be more mellow and laid back. And I thought, well, that never happens. I think it's a sign. So I just said, we'll take him. So I, I drove to Branson, Missouri, and she drove from Louisiana to Branson and I picked up this puppy and brought him home. So now we have three. <laughs> wow. So that's a, that's a circuitous route. And how is the first one doing? still doing well oh yeah he's oh yeah he's doing great i took him to that's the thing is he um rallied because now he didn't have that other dog uh pestering him so much so now the like two-year-old and the baby they are the same size but they play constantly and then my old dog jumps in when he wants to and seriously he was crying from a little bit of pain last week i took him to this dog chiropractor he came home and he was bouncing off sofas like i mean running and he's almost 13. I mean, running laps and bouncing off sofas. And I, I posted a video and everybody's like, oh, we just love to see him doing that. It makes us so happy because he's everybody's favorite dog. 
but yeah, he's that old. That's great. So, yeah. Yep. So that's how you end up with three huskies or a circus. Is <laughs> yeah. And, and notice how like the the um, getting spousal approval how that decreased over time. <laughs> yeah, as it does, as it does. My poor husband. Yeah, I'm allergic to dogs, and that's not. I'm still allergic to that one. That's not a hypo hypoallergenic one. Like, so that is weird that he's not allergic to those dogs. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, what I think it is, is that Huskies are, uh, they're not as affectionate, typically. So they like to, that, that maybe that's the cat thing. So they typically will, like this whole time I've been talking, my old dog has been in my office, but he hasn't physically touched me. So they don't like to really touch you very much and they're not licky. So like my baby, Archeo, he pretends to lick me. So he'll come near me, like I'm gonna lick you. But then he's like, yeah, that's disgusting. And so they, they're not very, like, and a lot of times you're allergic to like the saliva and the dander. So if they're not physically touching you, I think that probably helps. And then interestingly, I actually get allergy injections for my dogs because that's how crazy I am. Your dogs are allergic to people? No, I'm allergic to my dogs. Oh, you're allergic to them and you yeah. have- so okay. dedicated, she'll undergo the shots to have her dogs. Yeah, that's I a lot know. of people do that. I know people that have cats or bunnies or something and they take allergy medicine because they're allergic to it like i can't i have done two different allergy medicines to keep mine in check during the winter time like <laughs> i'm not having an animal too <laughs> no i'm not saying you have to though i will say the good thing about having shots is that it makes you not be afraid of shots anymore <laughs> really helps you with that fear really takes care of it so that's 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 the good news but um, I just had that sinus surgery and I'm sure being allergic to my dogs probably did not help anything with the sinuses either. There's Do been... you feel you have uh, a much greater tolerance for your dog's shenanigans than you do for human shenanigans? Oh, that could be. That probably could be. But you, yeah, that might be true. But you know, those humans, they don't come in like, like you know, give me love and happiness <laughs> and they don't force me to walk either mm -hmm. maybe maybe little kids so Ethan, yeah. uh, you have any pets turtles salamanders oh, we have birds so we had birds. one we had one parakeet and she was like different than all the other parakeets right so like all the other parakeets are like super sociable and like all that, she's not, she's like an introverted bird, hundred percent. She just wants to hang out in her cage. And so she's pretty awesome. Cause she just like, we, and we train her. So like she'll interact with us and stuff. Um, but we respect her as well. So it's never like, you got to do what I say. It's more like I'm making a request and we'll see what happens. Um, and then our daughter's friend went to college and they had two parakeets that they got while she was still in high school and her mom was like I'm not gonna be able to take care of them when you guys take them and we're like yeah and then the cat got one of them so we got one of them and um, so now we have two and we're all kind of like I don't like the other one the other one's like two in our face like it's too much <laughs> They're still, I mean, they're both still pretty chill, which is really funny. But um, I think that because you never really know with animals whether or not they like each other. And so uh -huh. I think they tolerate one another. Like, I think the, the one that we got was used to being with another bird and like wants a friend. And our bird, um, I mean, they're both our birds now, but the one that we had first is more like 
Yeah, like, you bother me. Like, you need to go away sometimes. <laughs> when we, when they first, like, when we first introduced them, you know, they do this. It kind of looks like they're fighting. It kind of looks like they're kissing. You're not sure what they're doing. But I was watching, and, like, our bird went up and, like, put its claw, like, right on it the other bird and i'm like all right you guys need to separate i'm like this could turn really bad like really quick like yeah. i'm like let's just take it let's just take a break guys funny but how long they, do they live uh it depends on what you feed them actually so i think typically on seeds and stuff it's i don't know three to five years um but if you feed them like healthy food it's like 10 to 15. wow yeah so that's like a thing that people do uh parrots specifically last uh they live a long time so like you'll these people will get like a macaw in retirement those birds live like 60 years oh my god so then those people die and now the family has a bird they have to deal with wow do yours talk no they don't talk they they don't really like they chirp and stuff but no budgies or like parakeets they're not um, typically they don't do that kind of stuff, mimic the talking or anything. It can be done, but it's not very common. I kind of am afraid of birds. <laughs> of all the animals, I love animals, but birds kind of freak me out. I don't know. It's like, they've got beaks. I mean, snakes don't bother me. I, I will hold snakes, no problem. I'll catch spiders. Birds are weird to me. They, they are like, we would do, so when we were training our bird, um, you know, she would, it would look like she was lunging at you, which is the thing. Like, that's the other thing is like context is like super important. Like, you know, so I know that our bird, they want to be left alone after like, well, she wants to be left alone after like nine or 10 at night. And so if we don't close the cage late and I have to go in her cage and get her food out, like she's going to lunge at my hand. She won't ever do anything, but that's like a. I'm annoyed at you type <laughs> deal. But when I was training her, she would kind of do that to my finger and like sometimes like grab it. And I thought she was trying to bite. And what I realized is she wasn't actually trying to bite. She was actually playing. That's I watched her when she was playing with some of her toys and that's how she plays with her toys. So I'm like, oh, like we're we're playing like. But again, context is like super important. So it's like if I try to do that at night, I'm probably going to get bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't feel like, you know, I don't think I've never been bit by her, but um, yeah, I don't feel like they're using a lot of pressure when they play and like, yeah, you can feel it. I, getting bit by even a small bird like that would not feel good. No. Well, they crush seeds. Their beaks yeah. are really, I don't want to be crushed. So yeah, they kind of freak me out. It's weird, right? Because there's like dogs have teeth too and they do damage, but I'm not afraid of those. So I don't know. My brain must be weird. Yeah. You mentioned that if you feed them healthy food, they'll last 15 years. What is healthy food for a bird? Uh, it's not seeds, believe it or not. So it's like maybe a mixture of more organic stuff, but it's usually like roughage and eggs or some healthy pellets and things like that. So, and it's the other thing is like the seeds that you buy in the store, um, the millet, like that's crack for them. Like that's, that'd be like, feeding humans like sugar and fat and salt all the time and so you have to like wean them off of it like you have to try and convert them over and so they'll reject it 
at first. Like they don't want to have it because it's not good. So yeah, it's like it's work. That's the thing that's crazy about these animals prior to the pandemic. They're $25, but they're so much more work than $25 like to take care of them and to like take care of them properly because we don't clip our birds wings we did like maybe they came clipped and we clipped them one time and then we're like we don't really care if she flies around the house it's actually better we kind of want her to not be we want her to do that and hang out with us and stuff so we don't clip their wings and they can fly around but pandemic pet uh, no, I'm pretty sure we got her before the pandemic. That's so do you, give, do you give the healthy food to the to the queen bird that you've had for a while, and do you give seeds to the newcomer? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to try and convert the new one. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Steve, did you get any pandemic pets? Nope, no pandemic pets. Uh, other than just working from home now i am with my dog all day so that's cool that is cool she Sometimes. devastated when you have to like run an errand uh no she's kind of used to it in fact she when i stay all right you stay home and take care of the house the ears droop just a little bit and then i say you know something like you're in charge i'll see you later and she wanders over and curls up in the same spot on the couch and is like, fine, I'll be here when you get home. Aww, what a cutie. I love that. See, this is what I'm talking about. That's why I love the animals because they get super excited when you come home. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. But if I'm going somewhere where she can ride along, I will take her with me. I love that. That's awesome. That's really cool. We went a little overboard with the pandemic animals because why not? Because we started out the pandemic with one husky. I think that's all we had. And at one point in the pandemic, we had we had two huskies, a crested a crested gecko, four gerbils, and a fish. Ooh, and a lizard. But the, a lot of like, so we're down to two gerbils. They're supposed to live two years. Ours are still alive, and it's been two and a half. We still have the crested gecko because they live eighteen years. And then now we have an extra husky. But the fish died. And then the lizard, Ozark, who was found in the Ozark Mountains, he died. But, oh, and we had a snake at one point, too. He died, too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You've had everything but the birds. I know, I know. Luckily, nobody's asked for that yet. Well, and I, you know, actually, the gerbils, I was like, no, you can't have gerbils. I don't want to take care of gerbils. And then they're like, they supposedly my husband was going to take care of them, but that didn't really work out. So then I ended up taking care of them. And then I felt bad because one of the gerbils died right away. And during the pandemic, you it was hard to find pets. I drove all over the cities trying to find a second gerbil to be friends with that one. And then I couldn't find any. I could only find girls instead of boys. So I ended up buying two girls. And then I had, I'm dumb. So there's two cages, one with the boy and one with the girls. I was like, I am not blending these animals. I do not need more. So I did yep. hold on to that. How do your dogs handle these other animals in the house? Oh, that's the hard part because the gerbils don't get played with because they have to be on a high shelf because the huskies being as smart as they are, they um, jumped on the sofa, used their front paws and tried to shove the cage off of the table onto the floor so they could get the animals. 
and uh, tried to pry the lid off. So I was like, okay, this is gonna work. So they had to, they've had to be on a really high shelf or they've been in the garage or the front steps all summer. And so they're, I can't believe they're still alive at two and a half, but yeah. And that, but then the crested gecko, they don't move really. They're really, my dogs don't even know that the crested gecko is there because they're nocturnal. So they move at night. Actually, that's actually a super cool pet. So Ethan, that would be a good one for your family outside of the year. <laughs> Because they don't require much. You only have to clean the cage a few times a year and they just eat some paste you buy. And yeah, they're really easy. They don't even need a heat lamp. They don't, you don't even water them. You spray the water in the cage and they kind of look like dragons. That's cool too. Yeah. I recommend right. them. What One did of you our say daughters that wants a, she wants a chinchilla. <laughs> just like a giant gerbil. <laughs> Those are a lot. Of, Those are a lot of work. I think they live yeah. a long time. Yeah. Basically everything lives longer than what they tell you at the pet store. And like, it's a way bigger commitment. I think like having any kind of pet, no matter how the size, it's like a way bigger commitment than anybody actually realizes. I have a great pet story. I just remembered this. <laughs> and you reminded me of it when you said they live a lot longer than the pet store tells you. I had a niece on my wife's side who wanted to have a pet and she was kind of going through some challenging times as a teen and she ended up getting a tarantula. Oh no. Ew. And <laughs> she would have it. She would be over at her grandmother's house. So my wife's mother's house and she would have the tarantula there and she would let it out and the tarantula would walk around. And she was sitting there like watching TV or something. I don't remember exactly. And had the tarantula out and then woke up and had no idea where the tarantula was. Oh my gosh. And looked everywhere, could not find the tarantula. And so everyone was alerted, hey, the tarantula is loose in the house somewhere. We don't know where it is. And of course, this is freaking people out, right? And she says, but don't worry. You know, when I got it at the pet store, they told me it had been defanged. Okay. Well, after this happened, people decided to investigate this like, okay, you know, where where would this tarantula go? And let's research it. Turns out there's no such thing as defanging a tarantula. Yep. Uh. And I believe the tarantula was found like after like months and i think it was still alive i think and i don't remember where it was it was like up in the drapes somewhere i don't remember what the deal was but it was not defanged and it was loose in the house that was awesome yeah uh, i was gonna say defangs no that's not a thing <laughs> no, no but they'll tell you anything at the pet store to get yep. you to buy it Right. Well, that's not even, they're not even real, they're not spiders. They're, what are they? They're something else. Cause they're not real spiders. They just look like spiders. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. They're not spiders or something else, but I mean, I would have a really hard time not stepping on it or something. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. They kind of freak me out. They're big, like a hand, they're furry. Yeah, Ugh. Not a fan either. Myself. Steve's looking up what they are. I am. It says it's a member of this. It says it's a spider, but it's Does a it? member of a specific family. Oh, uh, well, I stand corrected. Good. I'm so glad we have the internet because otherwise I'd be really dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
If only, I, if only I'd taken the time to look up whether you can defang a tarantula back then. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody has, most everybody has the internet, and there's still a lot of dumb people out there, so. That's true. That's true, because people don't check the source of what they're looking at. My yeah. sister, well, actually, she's not anymore. She's a principal. This year, she's the principal of a high school. And she has spent her career, so I've kind of, kind of ping-ponged all over IT, and she always wanted to be a teacher, but she probably has ADHD that's not diagnosed, but she's ping-ponged all over within education. So she's done, you know, teaching. I think she maybe did a little bit in elementary school. She's done middle school. She's done English. She's done um, mentoring and coaching. She's had, uh, she has her administration license. She has her master's degree. So she's, so she's done a lot. But one of the things she works on with the kids when she has taught them is, how do you know something is true? How do you know what you're looking at on the internet is actually true? And that she has them go home and ask their parents because of the algorithms and your computer and all that kind of stuff, it's gonna show you things that are interesting to you, right? So if you have a bent in one direction, now they're feeding you that. And so it kind of frames your mindset. And so she talks about that, like, okay, you know, having the information show up in multiple sources is, is a good indicator that it could be truthful. If it's off the wall, it's a good indicator. It's probably not truthful. Uh, reputable sources that seem to have consistently good information, things like that help to drive truth. But it's, it's really something that's challenging, especially when there are people who are vulnerable and then they don't understand that images and videos can be edited to make them be whatever they want them to be too. So that you have to be so diligent about finding what really truth is. Yeah. Yep. I like messing with the algorithms on my social media stuff and like, cause I have a pretty good handle on how they kind of work and determine, right. Aside from following things and liking things, which I try not to like things as much as possible. Um, but then the way that they, you know, what you're actually looking at and how you get down these different rabbit holes. So it's really fun because, like, I feel like the stuff that gets served up to me changes pretty frequently, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Or if you get tired of something, you can be like, um, I'm going to go ahead and Google puppies so that they show up on Facebook. <laughs> You know, or whatever, just whatever. You could look up dirty diapers, and I swear that would show up in your advertisements. So, you know, you kind of can pick like that, too. Yeah, 